Welcome to Go Simcha, the podcast that takes you on an in-depth approach to the Jewish music, entertainment, and Simcha world. Now, here's your host, Zisha Littman. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Go Simple, the podcast. We had so much fun recording the episode, um, but it couldn't have been done without the help of our sponsor, Karen Simchas and Vakalis. We're going to take a minute to hear a little bit more about them. The following episode of Go Simple the Podcast is proudly sponsored by Karen Simplis Chassan Vikala. Karen Simplis Chassan Vikala was founded over 25 years ago and is based in Brooklyn, New York. KSCVK helps widows, orphans, and people who are in dire need of marrying off a child. Working through their network of vendors, KSCVK ensures that every wedding is just as special as the next. Run by world-renowned party planner Devorah Benjamin, KSCVK takes care that each wedding is as elegant as the next one, ensuring dignity and class through every wedding that they put on. To donate to KSCVK, please visit their website, kscvk.org, today. That's kscvk.org, and help make someone's wedding special. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to episode 31 of Go Simcha, the podcast. Um, it is pretty cool. We surpassed the 30 mark. Awesome. Go us. High five. Yay. Thank you so much to all the wonderful listeners out there on all the multiple platforms that we stream the site on and the show on. Um, and it's on many websites. It's on a couple radio stations now. Um, Baruch Hashem. We keep growing. Um, and it wouldn't be possible without the love and support of you guys, our fans and our listeners. So I thank you very much for that. This week's episode, we're sitting down with somebody really cool. He's, he's a musician, a very, very, very talented musician by trade. And he's working on a new sound to bring out to the Jewish world um, for simchas and all sorts of one cool things. So we're sitting down today with Nisim um, Asaroff um, of Jewtronics a new innovative Jewish music um, sound. So Nisim's going to talk to us a little bit about Jewtronics because when I first heard about Jewtronics, I was like, what is Jewtronics? It sounds like a little bit of a little bit of bagels and cream cheese mixed with electronic hip hop music. And I quickly learned that Jewtronics is nothing like what I just said over there, um, but it's something more, something deep and something cool. So Nisim, what's going on, buddy? Welcome to the show. How are we doing today? Thanks, Zisha. Mazal Tov on the 31st show. It's really great what you're doing here. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's really, it is. You know, it, it, it feels like yesterday when we just started the show, the first episode we had with Shlemy Gertner, I was like so nervous, like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Never had host a podcast before. And now we're here 31, 31 episodes later, sitting down with you, talking about you um, with nearly 50,000 listeners on a regular basis tuning in. So it's pretty cool. Um, and I'm happy you're here with me today, buddy. Thank you. Thank God. Sure. So, so talk to me. So what's your deal? You're, you're, I, I was looking at your website. I was listening to some of your music. You're a very talented musician and you and I share a few commonalities. Um, I, the fact that you play saxophone and drums is something that I, I grew up doing. I started off when I was in grade five playing saxophone all the way through grade 12 drums when I the, the only meaning, the only valuable thing I bought with my bar mitzvah money was a drum set. Um, and unfortunately it got ruined in a flood that happened in my parents' basement, but it's all good. So <laughs> what's your deal? Well, Deutronics is first of all, a music group that specializes in creating electronic dance music renditions of traditional Jewish prayers and liturgy. And our upcoming album is called Kabshab for Kabbalat Shabbat, as you imagine. 
The first song that we first released last month is called Yadid Nefesh, one prayer that we're very familiar with, that we enter into Shabbat with. And if you go ahead and take a listen, you'll quickly realize that it's not, it doesn't sound like your traditional Yadid Nefesh. In other words, our job, our goal really is to fuse the two worlds of the secular electronic quality dance music, which the Jewish world has really been seeing, from my opinion, uh, a very 2008-2009 sound with heavy emphasis on the synths and Deutronics is going for heavy emphasis on the future of EDM. For example, heavy reggaeton and future house and deep house sounds that you'll hear in the rest of our album. So we combine these secular instrumentals, we use them to create renditions of the Jewish liturgy while maintaining the original lyrics and the original melody. A lot of Karl Bach melodies, Sephardic melodies, and traditional and Chabad as well. Nice. Yeah, I noticed that. I was listening to. I was listening to it. I was listening to the Dinefish um, rendition, and it was really cool. Meaning, like you kept the same. You kept. You kept. You kept the 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 niggin the same, but you just added. You just added a couple layers of 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 edm to it and you added some more elect some different things to it and it really it really brought out the song i have to say it really really brought out the song it's pretty cool so yeah how did how did the how did this all begin like how did this concept come to you like what exactly were you thinking like what was going on when you're like i want to sit down and create a new sound well this is going to go back a little Mm. bit (laughs) starts in my public high school days growing up as a traditional Sephardic Jew going to Chabad Hebrew school until my bar mitzvah like all my other friends and I started uh, DJing for a company with a guy named Leon at All Around Entertainment I was DJing bar mitzvahs and weddings and learning about how to DJ and the art of mixing and the art of events and eventually Um, we took a move to Miami and that's where my exposure to EDM and DJing blew up a little bit as well as my exposure to what we know as Orthodox Judaism. I was in organizations like Chabad Sitin and CSY. I was also in BBYO for a little bit as well. (laughs) And through summer programs like TJJ, The Jerusalem Journey with NCSY, and eventually later on Birthright, I really got to love the Zmirot and Kumsitz music sessions through the Shabbatones and learning about the, the Jewish music. As we know, Jewish music is really like the window to the soul. If yep. you're in tune, you have the proper kavana, it really touches a chord in your body that runs a gamut of emotions like uh, the ecstasy of a festive occasion or the sorrow of a melancholy moment, for example. And on the other hand, while I'm going to these Shabbatones, I was also DJing some pretty cool deep Miami club and events and weddings and bar mitzvahs. And oh, wow. Subscribing. <laughs> It's yeah, so ahead. interesting. It's so interesting. Like you, ha- on one hand, you have like all the you have the kedusha of the music, and you have the kedusha of everything that you're working on, and then the other hand, you're going, you're you're dealing with like the heavy Miami club scene and things like that. 
it's gotta be it's like it's gotta be insane you know <laughs> like to to see those two polar opposites and and i think it's cool how you took those two polar opposites and combined them to make deutronics Absolutely. Miami is a real juxtaposition. You yes. have like walking to shul, you have meditation groups on the beach to your right. And then on your left, you have synagogue. And um, so anyways, I, my first mashup trial sample that I used in GarageBand was Tov Lehodo Tov Lehodo Lashem with a major laser song. And I made it, it's not, I wouldn't uh, release it today, but I showed it to a lot of my NCSY friends and they thought it was a pretty cool idea. So that's when the spark came, the Chachma. So I had to capture that and it settled in my head. I wanted to go actually to Or Sameach Yeshiva in Israel, right. but I took a turn instead to Temple University to study cinematography where I am now in my final year. And that's where Hashem had a bigger plan for Deutronics. Wow. <laughs> Chapter two. That's pretty cool. What, that, that's pretty cool. So, I mean, so all the while you've been really building this up until, until now. So then where, where to, where to get to at this point, you're saying this is, this is kind of, you, you've been in, you've been in film school. So now where, where are you holding with Utronics now? Um, in the first year of film school, the idea of Jewish EDM kind of settled to the back of my head. I was get, as I was getting acquainted with my surroundings, but the second year, there was this grant available for the arts. And I took a shot at it and I applied for the grant with this idea of Jewish EDM. And to my surprise, it got funded. It was really, wow. really interesting. One, mostly because somebody out there believed in the idea or maybe it was Hashem showing me that come on, you got to push this into existence. And then eventually I, uh, I used the funds to produce another track and I looked into a music technology and entrepreneurship certificate, which is what I uh, enrolled in now. And through that, I actually landed in a pretty interesting position in the entrepreneurship department they have a business competition called be your own boss bowl <laughs> and i said well maybe if it worked on this small grant level it'll take off on this bigger on this bigger level and with my mentor paul abrams at the time i put together some type of business plan and a pitch deck i really knew nothing about this side of business and i stayed up till 5 4 a.m for a few nights before submitting it and when i submitted i barely even knew what the idea was. It was something with Jewish EDM, some mobile app that you can download and remix songs. It wasn't so clear even to me, but again, to my surprise, it got selected out of over a hundred uh, participants. Oh, wow. So That's really cool. It was another push from Hashem. <laughs> and um, we were able to, this is all happening in the past year and a half. Oh, wow. And this is fresh. In, yeah. In the spring semester of uh, 2018, I got this year own boss bowl competition. And then another grant called Caris for the creative arts and research 
to actually give us some studio time to produce Yadid Nefesh. And then there's this law firm called Ballard Spar, and they have a Ballard Academy for Student Entrepreneurs where the lawyers offer free or pro bono services. And through them, these I'm really uh, learning the contract, the business side and management side of things. So we see these like three giant things happen a month apart. And I couldn't not take it as a sign from the heavens that it needs to be done. For sure. It's a shkaka process, man. Like, you know, but again, it's still like so interesting how you're taking this, this one, the, the, the kadush of, of, of music and, and elevating the sparks of, of the music and putting it together with this new sound, with this, with this new sound to dance to. And other people are doing it. But like, it seems like, th- like exactly what you said before, like the, it's all about the Kavanas. And that's how it is, you know, like everything, it's all about the Kavanas. And it's, after listening to it, I did listen to it. For, I listened to your song a couple times. First time I, I, I had to digest it. The second time I was, it was, it got, I was getting there. And by the third time I was like, wow, this is really powerful and really cool. And if you can do this with one, with one niggin, just imagine the possibilities you could do with others. And it's funny because I remember when we, when we spoke initially, um, you were talking to me about how you're also working on a couple of different other sound creatives, like taking, taking like, and creating new sound, taking real instruments and make, turning them into electronic loops. And I thought that was pretty cool too. Like all these things that you're doing are just like really incredible. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm glad that you appreciate it. Really the goal is to bring people like me. I don't want to say secular. I don't like putting anything in boxes. We're all Jews, but bringing people who are less aware initially about Judaism closer to Jewish, closer to Judaism through something that speaks to them, such as electronic dance music. And we're trying to do it in a way that doesn't desecrate the holiness of the original text and melodies. And the goal in the future, in a few more months, we'll be performing in the summer with a band the songs that we created in the studios in the studio will be using uh, mostly acoustic instruments and miking them with certain pickups in order to uh, send them through digital transformers and um, try to recreate the sounds that we created in the studio the digital ones but with the energy of acoustic instruments so i have a music engineer jesse wexler who's gonna take care of that complicated stuff so I was gonna say, you gotta explain that to me because that is something that sounds pretty interesting and that could change the way that people that simple bands play that could change like the whole game when it when it comes to to weddings and bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs and all types of smachot you know like you gotta how, yeah you gotta explain that man yeah absolutely the goal with well, let me let me start with this story. I recently went to see a EDM artist who performed at Temple University with my good friend Mori Katan, and it was the first time that I went to this type of EDM concert in a long time, and I was really surprised. Vis- the visual component is huge in electronic dance music concerts. <laughs> But it's being used in a very manipulative way, like flashing curse words and inappropriate images on the screen while the DJ 
while the MC Dylan Francis is cursing into the microphone at times, and we, we really, you can really see the influence. So it's so important to transform the darkness into light. <laughs> so imagine being at a bar mitzvah and you see Jutronics set up with what looks like a regular drum kit and a regular saxophone. But minutes later, you realize that it doesn't really sound like what it looks like at all. For example, one idea we were brainstorming with is putting a orange street cone, you know, one of those construction ones? Yeah. Into the saxophone upside down in order to give it more of that wub wub dubstep kind of bass sound, which oh, wow. we all love today. And we think about a lot uh, on a more uh, maybe psychological point of view. Why is it that today the EDM, so many EDM listeners are in love with this machinery kind of sound? Right. And there are a lot of things I talk with my good friend Daniel Innovate about these theories. Why do we have, uh, why is the music industry standardize the a note for example at 440 hertz instead of 432 which like it used to be and how does that have an effect on the subconscious of the listener and is it because we reach the industrial age that we're starting to really love these sounds of machinery robots toys kind of vibrational patterns so yeah back to the bar mitzvah or weddings Man, it's it's in the forefront in my third eye in the head. I see it so well. I think you just have to experience it. Like my dream really is to recreate that kavana when you're at, for example, what it imagine what you'd imagine it feels like to be at a small intimate Karlbach concert, and w- combined with the incredible energy of an EDM concert, maybe like even take the mechitza and transform it into LED screens. They'll forget that they're even separated. They're just really in the music and the kavana. So at Simcha's, God willing, yeah, we'll be raising the bar with the energy levels and collaborating, God willing, with the original existing choirs who bring so much good energy and vibes to the Jewish music industry. Man, this sounds so cool. I, I, I really, I, you're, you're, you're getting me anxious. I, I, I really can't wait to hear this because it just really, it really sounds so cool. And again, like what you said before, the hashpa that these people, that when you go to a concert like that and you see the types of hashpa that they're giving off, it's not, it's not like such a positive one. And to, to do what you're doing and to give that same environment, give that same like vibe, um, to people accept in a more kosher environment with more positive ashba and taking the, that that kedusha with inside the music and bring it out to people, it's really cool, and you're going to see a lot of success and a lot of atzlach and bracha come from it. Um, and it's it's I think I'm excited about this this new sound because exactly what you're saying. It's like people are going to show up to a wedding, they're going to see the regular band sitting there, but all of a sudden they're going to they're going to they're going to turn on that 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 first dance and it's going to be a totally different ball game. That's going to be insane. Um, and it's going to really revolutionize the simple world. Um, what, so my, my, my other question is how did you hook up with, with your boy Ishai over there? It seemed like I was looking through your stuff and you said that you got it, you guys collaborated together on this, on this song and 
you know, Yishai Revivo from Israel. I've heard of him. He's, he's pretty, he's pretty well known out here. So how did you hook up with him? Pretty another Hashkacha Prati story is, uh, Yishai, uh, he goes by Yishai Music now. Right. We, um, maybe I'll put it this way. Let's go back to that. Remember the be your own boss ball competition. Yes. I mentioned. Mm -hmm. So after I got selected, I actually came across very randomly, Isaac Grunewald's Jewish music streaming app called Shira Lee Mm -hmm. in the app store uh, a week before the, the competition. And it discouraged me a little bit to continue with my Jewish music idea pitch Mm-hmm. So I pivoted to an, another idea I had quickly, which gamifies the bar mitzvah education industry. It's called Torah Tones, and I'll be working on that later on. It's like a mix of Duolingo and and going to your rabbi to learn how to read your parsha. That's pretty so, cool. Yeah, after you're, you're after innovative, man, you're you're pretty innovative with these things. I, I saw the Shirley app, by the way. Um, I actually had it on my phone for for about a minute. It, this is this is not a product plug for Shirley, but um, it was a pretty interesting app. Um, I, I sometimes it would work, sometimes it wouldn't. But you know, it's another way of streaming Jewish music to people. It's like Spotify for Jewish music. Mm-hmm. Um, but your idea sounded a little bit cooler. <laughs> We're all Jewish innovators trying to do our work. There you go. But yeah. So- you were saying? Yeah. So as I, as I was exploring his app, I found that there was a section for genres and there was a hip hop and also an electronic section. So I have a Bluetooth speaker in the shower where I used to live in my old apartment and I just put on this random thing. It was Yishai's music. I didn't really know what it was, but I saw it said like Nigun Semach Tzedek. So I put it on and I start showering and I hear it starting to build up. I hear the original Nigun. And then I hear these incredible new hip hop and house instruments. And I tell myself in my mind, wow, if this drop is going to live up to my level of expectations, I don't know what I'm going to do. And it did. And I stopped in my tracks for 30 seconds, just kind of playing out how the future will be. Here's this guy halfway across the world doing the same thing that I was doing. And it turns out we had the same idea around the same time. And later, I think in a history channel episode, I read that this happens in the world. Like these ideas, there's something called universal consciousness come into the world at at the right time because they're meant to be there. You ever heard of that? Um, Yeah. Vaguely. Yes. It's a cool idea. That's so that's what I uh, commonly attribute to this Ashkacha Pratit. Anyways, after I get out of the shower, I'm researching him, writing down the rest of his music and looking at his Facebook page. And again, this was in the spring of 2018. And that summer I was going on Israel links. It was a Chabad summer trip and I was in Israel and he was in Israel. So I got a track down of his number, his older brother, the manager. And Mm -hmm. we ended up meeting at a coffee shop in the diamond district in Tel Aviv Nice. And I pitched to him my vision for this Jewish EDM future. And he's actually in the army still. He's finishing up this year. So he's working really hard on the side to push a music career. And he's extremely talented in what he's doing, making covers and mashups of 
other Israeli and Jewish songs. And he thought about it. I ended up coming back to USA, finished my last year at Temple University. And we're talking, and it turns out that his mefaked, um, his commander in the army, actually yeah. was willing to give him three weeks off from the army, which is kind of highly unusual. So that was another shkachaprati circumstance. We found a date that worked, and he came over for three weeks, and that's when we started building a studio in my small apartment and getting cracking, starting on the arrangements, choosing the melodies, thinking about the future singers and creating the, the vision together. And so far we have a few really great tracks waiting to be released to the public. And that is the story with Ishai. Wow. That's really cool. So he's, he's, he's involved in this heavily. It seems like. Yeah, although I should mention that Jutronics, in the same way, you know, the Revivo project? Yeah. My hope for it is to be a collaboration. I'm looking to collaborate with today's modern, uh, today's Jewish singers and also today's electronic dance music producers to really bring the two worlds together in a kosher way, but also in a way that brings the brotherhood and achdus together. That's really amazing. That's that's really really amazing, and you're and you're doing a great job at it. So, how many other tracks have you produced so far? Because on on your website you only have one, you only mm-hmm. have you did nefesh. So, how many other tracks have you produced? How many are in the works? What's going on with that? I should mention just so I don't sound arrogant. I'm really just the the conduit, the middleman, making this happen because it has to be, not because it's like a incredible ego filled idea, mm-hmm. but. Our next song is a mashup of Lechun Neranina, Karlbach style, with Karlbach's Shiru Lashem. Ooh. And so yeah. that's going to be a pretty up, um, uppity tune there. It's incredible. It's disgusting, as we say in the EDM music industry. It, it, okay, I, I, I guess I guess for all our listeners out there who are not familiar with the, with, with the, with the Lashen over there, um, what disgusting. Like... There's something interesting that my cousin once told me. When we hear in electronic dance music, or frankly, I guess any song, a minor drop, which is like if you listen to a lot of Sephardic music from the Middle East, a lot of it is minor. Yeah. It challenges the listener in a way much different than a, a major drop would. Like if you hear a drop, that sounds similar to twinkle twinkle little star it's not challenging your mind because your brain is expecting these happy next note to next note um progressions however in a minor from my understanding in a minor drop it it challenges you in a way that that makes you um what's the best way to put this it's like you think you feel like something is a little bit wrong but it's meant to be wrong and in that you feel you feel it in your body you feel like you make this face like oh that was that was nasty that was exactly how it was meant to be it's like i see the light i feel it i'm totally in line with that music drop you know right 
That's pretty interesting. No, but it, 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 you seem to really have a good, you really have your hand on the pulse here with this. And it's really cool. Like, to, have you noticed, though, I mean, I personally noticed that a lot of Jewish music has gone this route also. Like, they've start, a lot of people have started going into more electronic music, but not to the scope that you're doing. Have you, have you noticed that? Yeah, it's interesting you're pointing that out. There's a Sinai Scholars Mentor Protege program. It's like for college students, they can write these papers. And this past two years, I've been working on papers about Jewish EDM and how maybe Jewish EDM is, you know, as we're getting closer to the coming of Mashiach, God willing, it's maybe the new song, you know, Shir Chadash. Who knows? You know, maybe on my website, you'll go to uh, events, and you'll see location, base of Migdash, date to be determined very soon, though. <laughs> and I'm just saying this is like uh, half jokingly, but also we have to keep up, I think, with the generations. And we don't want to modernize too much because we see what happens when that occurs. Oh, for sure. But I agree with what you're saying that I also noticed, you know, uh, the DJ Leviticus with a Y, he once yes. made a a deep Purim track that's also, if you go listen to it, it's in that minor kind of sound. And that really is reflective of this, this. Well, it's interesting. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. You brought that up because it's funny because there's a lot in the Jewish music world. There's a lot of, there's a lot of mainstream singers who, I mean, we've had so far on our show. And then there's a lot of other guys who are more underground. I mean, like, I don't know how, how much you know into the Jewish music world, but there was people like yeah, like Leviticus, and then Why Love, and then Describe, and um, a ton of these other guys who are like more underground kind of Jewish music, um, and have have tracks that are a bit like either more more in line with hip hop um, or or electronic, and it's pretty interesting to see. But then again, you have a lot of the main main conventional guys, mainstream guys coming out here now putting on a lot of electronic music and doing a lot of things with, um, with like synthesizers and keyboards and things like that. Um, it's, it is pretty interesting to see the curve and how things are going. Um, but I think what you're doing is, is something of a, of a chidush, as we'd say, and it's not something that other people are going to start doing right away. Meaning like what you said about you're doing, performing a live set and, and put and, and putting on the um the the electric hookups and things like that people i don't see that happening with the mainstream wedding singers in the in the, in the near future and i think that i think that's pretty cool that you you kind of have this market that you'll be able to get involved in all to yourself yeah interesting zisha you're mentioning those names like describe and diwan people yep. who are in like the matisiahu kind of 2008 2013 yeah era they were doing really great from my understanding. I was much younger, so I wasn't as aware. Yeah. But from my research, and you probably know better, it was this kind of revamping of Jewish music, seeing how far yeah. they could take it maybe. But it slowly uh, it, got defunded. Yeah. Um, it, it, kind of, it kind of went the wayside because people weren't the, – your, your, the listeners weren't into it. The people who, who are the, the, the hardcore Jewish music listeners – we're not so into that kind of sound. Um, and you can, and as you can see it, yeah, it did go to the wayside. But like I said, I think what you're doing um, is something totally 
like different from like like a rapper or like, I mean we have rap you know we have there's rappers you and we have the famous Neeson Black who have, he's a good friend of mine love had him on my show he was actually the inspiration for me to start this this podcast um over over like half a year ago but um you know we and he does actually really Neeson if you ever gotten in touch with him he does a, an amazing job he's a he's a singer he's a writer producer um he mixes his own tracks you know he's like he's a jack of all trades and his sound like changes every single day and he's gotten in he's, he was a little bit more into like back into his getting back into his hip-hop roots with some of his sound um but he also he keeps it extremely extremely kosher extremely kosher um and it's the same thing you're doing you're taking that kedusha and bringing that into the music into this other this outside source of music and really elevating those sparks of kedusha with inside of it that's why i'm telling you you got something special there man Thank God, yeah. And Nisim's also a graphic designer from my understanding. It's people like him and Alterux and Matt Dub, Leviticus, me, yep. Yishai, were like almost redoing what was happening back then in 2008. Yeah, I mean, Matt Dub also, he's, he's, got, he's also like somebody, he's, he, like, he's, he's pretty big. I mean, when I first heard of him, he was, he was together with Lipa Schmelzer. Him and, him, him and Lipa did like some sort of like this like EDM kind of album, which was, which was like, a combination of Lipa's music and EDM, similar to what you're doing, but like Lipa. I don't know if you, if, I don't know if you heard it. Like him, it, it was actually pretty cool. Um, and it, it kind of like sparked, sparked because Lipa did it. It kind of sparked this, this whole movement and kind of brought that out and kind of. Um, I think that's when Matt Dubby kind of became more popular and more out there because I his music great like he does he does he does he does collaborations with like Zusha and some of these other guys um and his stuff is great but I still think no one is doing what you plan on doing is that bringing those those that those acoustic instruments into the electronic space and again it, it you you're doing you're it's a it's a hiddish you know it's pretty cool yeah god willing god willing so, so other than all this, like what's in the, what does the future hold for, for, for Jutronics? After our first album, this one, which ends with Shalom Alechem. So you can imagine what's in between all the Psalms and Eshet Chayil. It's going to be so incredible. The next album will be Motz Esh. Kabshab is the first one. Motz Esh is the second one. It'll be a perfect uh, pair to go together as well as to perform on uh, places like, you know, C-Team. I just I spent Shabbos with Lee Ershkovitz, the creative director, and she speaks how much they work so hard to do as much as they can to relate to the teenagers, especially on Saturday night when they have the giant Times Square's concerts and also right. back at the venues. So that's what's in the future. And then we'll have some albums for holidays specific for him, Hanukkah, and then uh, Nigunim, Nigun specific. I actually... The Chabad on Campus Rabbi Baruch Shalom Cantor at Temple University is a Bal Menagin, coincidentally, and he really taught me a lot of nigunim over the years. Oh wow, that that's pretty good. You should get him to come sing on one of your albums. You should do, you should you should come get him to do uh, do like do a whole Chabad track and get him to come sing on your, one of your albums. Yeah, that is in the works, God willing. Oh yeah, nice. <laughs> Because that'll be something, you get that out to the Chabatskers, that'll be something that people will bump at the Fabrians, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Now, 
Zishik, did you get a chance to see the video component of Yadid Nefesh on I YouTube? I did. I did. It was actually pretty cool. I, my background also is in is in video production, cinematography, um, and all that kind of fun creative space. So I was able. To, I, I I got it, and I understood, it, and it was pretty cool what you're mm-hmm. doing. The amount of layering and the work that you put into that video must have been very time consuming. Oh yeah. <laughs> Just I, to I, describe it. Yeah, go ahead. I, I, I made one, I did a, I did a video once like that intensive amounts of layering. So, Oh yeah. Yes. Um, but it was pretty cool. It, 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 it flowed. I like how it flowed, you know, like everything, everything kind of like flowed, like everything's bound, like the words are bouncing up and down with, with, with each thing the, the, you're giving every you're giving over the chords so people can see it and play it and everything like that. It was really it was it was like visually captivating. Mm-hmm. My roommate Justin Ryan is uh, translating it to Chinese. You know nice. all the people who who go on YouTube to learn the lyrics of the prayers. Seriously, there's so many lyric videos, and I guess it's also non-Jews are interested in it too. That, that well yeah I, I definitely knew I didn't know they were into the the music I knew they were into learning I know that in in I think it's Japan or Korea some one of those Asian countries they 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 think that like because we learn Gamara it makes us smart so so culture gain there it make it's gonna make them smarter um, <laughs> so I think they have the art I don't know maybe they use the art schools I don't know um, but yeah. That I did not know. The people go online to people go online to learn the the lyrics to these songs, to these nagunam. That's pretty cool. Yeah, there's a huge educational component to this. The music is entertaining, but here we can teach you the words, how to say the words, what they mean, maybe some background on the song, like when it was composed, why it was composed, what it means, the context of other lyricists during the time, and Perhaps in the future, you'll see some type of education curriculum in collaboration with NCSY or JLI with a course just dedicated to this. Yeah, totally. That that would be something very special. Um, it, it seems like you're you're also out there to educate people as well. It seems like you're not just in this to to make music and to do bar mitzvahs and do weddings and things like that. It seems like you're also out here to educate people um, because it's there's a lot to that people can learn from it, both from the Torah's perspective and from the music perspective. Um, is is that am I am I right on that? Did I hit that did I hit that pretty well? Pretty well, yeah. I used to be a Chabad Hebrew school teacher at Chevy Lowenstein's, like a Chabad for kids who were about to have their bar mitzvah. I was teaching Hebrew because my mom is from Perach Tikva. So ah. I grew up learning and I was able to teach, but I really didn't think about education until that experience. And it was through that that I realized that we really have to bring, pull our brothers and sisters up with us as we climb up the ladder. Nice. So I want to ask you another question on your website. Um, you, it, in your bio, it says your name is Justin Harrison. And, but your, your real name is Nisim Asaraf. So where did Justin Harrison come in? You know, Nisim, our Hebrew names are, as you know, it's our essence, our true soul. And the Hebrew name that we have has much heavier implications than many of my peers realize. So it's been a internal battle with these names, as I'm sure many other people think about who are in a similar position. Justin is what I grew up with going to public school. I still use it in college 
I mean, Nisim is pretty weird and uh, for a professor to say, but just tell him your name. Mean, it means miracle. And everybody who's going to say your name is going to pass the test. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of the, all the girls who have these like names like Mercedes and destiny. <laughs> Why not? I could do it too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, man. Yeah. Um, no, it's true. The name, the name has a very powerful connotation. Trust me. I've been there also. I mean, my English name is Sean. And for the longest time when I was doing business with people, what even when I was doing business with, with from a Yidden, I was going by Sean because, you know, that's, that was my name, but mm-hmm. you know, I've been in Israel now for about 10 years and I go by Zisha because I, I just said, you know what, why not? I'm in Israel. Why should I go by my, why should I go by my slave name? It's my slave name, Sean and go by Zisha. And it, it, you see, like it, it brings out the true essence of within you. So are you thinking about changing your bio on your site to, to say, say your, your real name or you're going to keep it as is? It's a good point. Well, you know what? I guess we'll find out once we hang up what the result will be. Well, there you go. I'm I'm gonna refresh the page after we're done with the after we're done in the show. I'm gonna refresh the page and see what you did. <laughs> um, but no, man, it, it's it it really it's it 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 brings out a total it brings out a totally different um different thing different connotation and everything. It makes it, it brings out a totally new person when you when yeah. you're with your real name and the real essence of who you are. And I think it's pretty cool. And I think, you know what, it shows in your music. This, the story you said, your whole story is, 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 it really reflects your name, Nisim, you know? Like, you know, you didn't, you, you didn't grow up in, like, in, from, and you got connected to music. It was Nisim, it was, it was Ashkaka Pratis, how you got, the way you got connected to music, the way you got involved in this whole thing. And you, every single day, one day after the next, it's, it's a continuation. It's, it's just, so, you know, live it be proud of it be be you man and just keep inspiring people and keep doing your thing yeah Zisha you're really right Nisim was my grandfather's name he grew up in Baghdad and apparently before they were pushed out of Baghdad to Israel my great-grandparents had a some type of wealthy business going on over there and then they went to Grushim to nothing when they came to Israel so we all have these high highs and low lows and we got to realize that everything is happens for a reason and maybe maybe we don't need to assimilate even one percent maybe we got to be confident with who we are from the start although for the past five years i've been using justin harrison productions my production company to establish a name for me as a graphic designer web designer video creator so who knows who knows what nisim will 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 occur but (laughs) that's pretty cool wow well i really learned a lot from you and I'm so happy that you joined us on our, on our show today for episode 31. It was an honor and a pleasure. And you, you have a lot going on for you. you you're, you're going, I, I, I see big things for you with this. I think it's really going to change the way um, we, we do simplas and we do music. And I think that you'll, you're really going to see tremendous aslacha come from it because it's new. It's something, it's exciting. And it, it puts that, it, get, it brings out a totally different flavor into our traditional Nagunim. And I think that it's going to, it's going to really be a blast at weddings. And it, you're, you're, I, I wish you all the best. I wish you tremendous aslacha with it. And, um, you know, just keep me posted. Keep me updated on what's going on with it because I can't wait to hear the full album. If the if Yedidefish was 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 dope and amazing, I, I can only imagine what the rest of the album is going to sound like. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, you have no idea. The tempo is much faster. The drop is sick, 
and oh man just wait oh man, too, oh, Zisha. man you should really have continued success you putting this podcast together as well as gosimcha.com allowing people to easily access vendors it creates a vessel that makes it much easier and much more accessible in a similar way to what I'm doing with the music you're also doing with your company. 100%. So no, for sure. And I really feel like um, you and I are connected pretty well over here. I feel like you and I are very similar. Like our backgrounds are very similar. And I, I, I feel like I really connected with you on this one. And like I said, just keep doing your thing and continue, continue bring, bring out, bring the light out and continue giving up like, really really doing your thing with your music and i and i'm a, i wish you atzlacha thank you so much for coming on the show my friend amen thank you continue atzlacha amen you've just listened to another wonderful episode of go simcha the podcast for more news updates and information on our next episode like us on facebook follow us on instagram at go simcha live and don't forget to check out the show notes and videos on www.gosimcha.com along with zeradio.com Thanks for listening, and remember, go Simcha!